You come at the king, you best not miss. You're not locked in Stone Zone 32. 32. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Zone 32 podcast. We got a full crew and a special guest in the building. My name is Jake. His name is Drew. His name is Will. His name is Grant. And introducing this man who used to be on an old podcast back in the day called Baltimore Beatdown. You know him on the Twitter for sharing all 22 film and scouting different players during draft season. And he and his, his boy who happened to share my name happened to be on the Exit 52 podcast. Now, his name is Spencer. Say what's up to the people. What's going on, fellas? Shut the fuck up. Let's jump into the shit. Hey, we got some things to say. Well, there's anyway. also there's another. Well, you didn't you didn't name off his most Ooh. important, uh, you know, accomplishment, and that is he's a, a pinkies up, critic. pinkies up gentrified restaurant critic of Baltimore. So <laughs> anybody looking for uh, re- restaurant recommendations, and you know, maybe like you know, a high profile athlete like DeAndre Hopkins, maybe he needs some recommendations. Spencer's the man. He's got he's got the list. He so, would love so to go to Monarch in downtown Baltimore. There you go. <laughs> We'll, we'll we'll clip that and tag him. It's a, it's a whole there we go. Go. That's right. When then, once that trade goes through, which rumors and speculation all over Twitter with Lamar sharing a SpongeBob gift from, from the episode where Squidward finds out he loves Krabby Patties and then Obi. The fact that you know the fact that you know what episode that's from is somewhat concerning to me. It's not surprising not, at all, though. I'm not, not surprising. Hey, Sims, Simpson you, you, told him. Dude, you, you know SpongeBob was originally piloted as an adult swim show, right? No. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was originally piloted as an adult swim show. They said no because they thought and it was too kiddish, and they made a terrible business decision some. because it wound up going off. First three seasons, fucking hilarious. After that, I don't know what transpired. I don't. Know, I don't know that. I never watched. Because they no. made it for kids. After, not shocking. Not the, after probably, that, yes. Probably not the target audience. Probably not, not shocking audience. at all. That, not shocking at all that Jake knows everything about every yeah. fucking cartoon <laughs> that ever gets mentioned. If it uh, if it has a fucked up sense of humor, then absolutely. Wonder shows in Xavier Renegade Angel. Fucking uh, moral. Here we moral. go. Here we go. I, I I could go off on a tangent. Yeah. But let's not because <laughs> we can save that for like a June episode when there's nothing to talk about and rant about shit. But anyway. The draft is tomorrow. There's rumors about DeAndre Hopkins potentially coming to the Ravens. We'll see if that goes down, which it will, but we'll see the draft compensation for it. But Ravens pick at five picks currently in this draft, starting at 22 tomorrow. Drew, I'm going to start with you. If they get Hopkins, who's your guy at 22? I think it depends on what corner's there. Um, I currently have my computer screen. One of them's in the uh, Bruins overtime game, and then one of them I have Twitter auto-updated to Lamar and Hopkins. So anything that's tweeted with their name, um, I I feel like we're going to get some Hopkins news soon. Uh, It's been going on for way too long. Assuming we do get him, I want a corner. I don't know if I, you know, 22, I would want uh, JPJ. If he's gone, uh, maybe four, maybe trade down and get Forbes a little bit later. Um, Deontay Banks is from Harford County and I've had a lot of issues with Harford County Twitter users. So I'm no longer <laughs> interested in having him on the Ravens. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's basically where I'm at is that I, I think if you go get a, uh, you know, if you do go get Hopkins, I think you, you absolutely have to take a corner with your first pick unless like somebody like Nolan Smith, I guess drops, I would be open to something like that. But I think that it's gotta be corner in the first round. If we do not get Deandre Hopkins and it seems like we will. But Zay Flowers is obviously the move at 22. I'm interested to know what Spencer thinks uh, because Spencer 
Spencer and Grant do the most, uh, you know, in-depth work of anybody on this panel right here in, in terms of player uh, evaluation. So I'm interested to know what Spencer thinks in terms of like, realistically, what do you think is going to happen tomorrow night? I think uh, I'm going off the deep end a little and thinking that the Ravens and, and maybe it's me over overthinking the Odell Beckham move that they made and the fact that they made such an aggressive one-year deal, uh, the way that they've kind of sat around and and made that but really haven't done a ton else. I do firmly believe that they have a Rocky Sin deal in place for after the draft to not affect compensation. I feel like that's a strong, strong, to quote Adam Jones, a strong possibility. Um, but with that in mind, I think that I think that they've reached a point where they're ready to abandon to some degree the situation they had last year. Oh, Kyle Hamilton fell. Okay, beautiful. We're thrilled. He's the highest rated player on our board. I think that the aggressive aggression, I should say, of that shows they're done. They are done with the conversations. They're done. They're going all in on offense. They you know bring back JK. They bring back Gus. They have their offensive line in place. Ben Cleveland can start. They, they can find a guard. They can figure it out. I am a little worried. One of my favorite people that secretly makes me money doing pools and stuff, Ben Albright of KOA Radio Denver. Oh, God. Uh, Don't do it. Enemy. Don't do it. So so, so I don't – he's a crazy person. He's a crazy person. He's a crazy person. And I like – I think he is a very accurate insider regardless of him being psycho. Um, He has made me a lot of money the last three years with his mock drafts he puts out. The one he put out today, I am concerned because they have him – the Ravens taking Osiris Torrance, and I would that's the number one pick. I that is the really the only thing they could do that would make me question why the hell that's the move. Um, so that gives me a little pause. He did get Adafe Owe, and I think he got Rashad Bateman. I think he got Patrick Queen. I think he has some sort of friend in the Ravens organization. He has a lot of friends in organizations. Is he a crazy person on Twitter? Absolutely, but. Uh, in real I, life, in real, too. in real life, also. I mean, exactly. You know I, why he gets? You know why he gets all the picks right? Right? He's got a long history of torturing information out of people, so it would make exactly. sense that he knows exactly. how. He's growing bamboo torture. shoots up people's fingers over there. So yeah, lock, locking him in a hundred degree shipping. Pad, yeah, so. he's putting him in air fryers in the fucking desert. Exactly, pressure cooking. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that that gives me a little pause, but I I do think this is the year where they're like, we're getting a, an offensive player, and it's going to be a skill position player. And they're cutting their board down to that. If they don't get the trade back, whatever, we can always hypothesize trades. It takes two to tango. And I think Jeff Zrebeck said that today too. It's like you got to have somebody to fucking make the offer of the trade. Right. Maybe a Hendon Hooker. I think we saw uh, Joel Klatt today mentioned Jordan Addison and another offensive player as potential. He thinks teams from the late first round, meaning like the late 20s, early 30s, might want to trade up to where the Ravens are for a Jordan Addison. And there's another player name that's escaping me. So. Um, I do think Addison makes a ton of sense because if I'm looking at the the offensive skill players at this draft in this draft class, number one, you're looking at Bijan Robinson. He makes an instant impact. You can get into arguments about J.K. Dobbins, whatever. I think he's going to be well gone before they pick. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think, is well gone before they pick. They're not going to take a tight end. So that leaves me with Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, and I really can talk myself into all three of them. I think there's redeeming qualities. But I do think that Jordan Addison, while maybe not being, he doesn't have the dynamite open field ability that Zay Flowers has that he can bring to your offense. Zay Flowers can continue to develop. Same thing with Johnston. Johnston also can take the top off so well. To me, he's the most pro ready to go 
into the you know into a three by one and go separate at the top of a route. Go understand how to beat zones, find soft spot in zone, manipulate leverage, and go sit down. I think that is what makes him a viable NFL receiver more than anything. He kind of reminds me of Calvin Ridley in that sense, and a, a little skinnier version, maybe a poor man's Devontae Smith um, that can't really go up and get the ball like that. So that is my kind of shot in the dark of what I think they do. I think Addison makes sense. I think he very well may be there. And I think that at this point, DaCosta, you know, the, the liars luncheon, people always confuse with kind of their, uh, their early season set or their early off season press conference. They have DaCosta said, we're, we're revamping this receiver room. To me, that's a nice way of saying we're done with James Prochet. We're done with Tylen Wallace. We're done with everyone outside of Rashad Bateman. They go sign Aguilar. I think they get the finishing touch. Addison's my best bet, but I think Flowers or Johnson certainly can make sense too, especially for what they can do after the catch if they want that kind of playmaking ability a little bit more so. But to me, Addison most pro-ready uh, to come in day one, go be able to be like targeted seven times in week one as a rookie if need be. If Bateman or Odell Beckham go down, if they don't get Hopkins, um, you know, I think Addison's the guy. I'm like, okay, he could play Z. He could play in the slot. He could play some X for me. More so where Flowers and Johnston, I kind of want to make it simple for them, let them do their thing, let them work after the catch, be explosive playmakers. So that's my thought process. That's a lot. It's very specific and probably very wrong. So that's that's what I've got. So what? But what if we do get Hopkins? Or you think we're still going receiver round one? I think I think if they get Hopkins and I'm going to give them a, a dead 33% chance, I think that's it's either Chiefs, Bills or Ravens are getting Hopkins. I think in the next 24 hours, mm-hmm. um, I would eliminate a receiver if they get Hopkins. And I think they do go back to their their BPA. Some people have been saying, you know, I think, Drew, you just mentioned maybe Nolan Smith. Um, yeah, that, you know, be, that would be, be yeah. Clat Clat mentioned that today as well. That would be that would make so much sense. Maybe he doesn't have the production teams like something like that. He's been mocked pretty high, but. You know, Hamilton was never supposed to be go to the Ravens and it would be a classic situation. So Smith uh, is like a higher ceiling away to me. He's like a, a athletic freak. Um, he with, he he's with so good against the run. It's insane. And uh, Clapp made a great point that he put eloquently that he knows McDonald well in his system and that their system is built by creating a wall that you can't run on and then setting the edges and then rushing the passer and then having those second and third level guys like Humphrey, Hamilton, Geno Stone, Marcus Williams that can be versatile and confuse you, hold the ball, get pass rush there. And as things stand, I mean, sure, maybe Justin Houston comes back. Guy just had a monster season, but he could fall off a cliff at any time. You know, he's getting to that age and you can never have enough, enough pass rushers, man. I mean, the Aaron Rodgers in the AFC, and I think it was uh, Dan Orlovsky, another guy that I kind of hate, but he, he was saying, you know, one of the incredible quarterbacks in the AFC, you know, outside of Mahomes, like Mahomes is going to make the playoffs, but out of Allen, Herbert, Burrow, Jackson, um, Rogers, you know, one of those guys is going to miss the playoffs. There's eight teams. Yeah. There's there are, I think there's eight, eight, eight teams at least nine or 10 have yeah. like a franchise freaking quarterback. So uh, got to rush the passer. Yep. Grand yeah. 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 No, I mean, I'm, I totally agree. Um, this draft is a weird draft too, especially at the wide receiver position. Cause like, you know, like Spencer mentioned, like Jordan Addison, like he's a guy that I think realistically could go as high as 14, but then as low as like 26. So like he, like it, it's a weird draft. There's a lot of things that could alter. I mean, you know, let's say there's a lot of teams that are high on Hendon Hooker and somehow he pops into the top 20 to like 
Tampa Bay or, you know, somebody like that, like that's going to throw the whole draft for a loop. Or if Seattle takes them at 20, you know, there's a lot of variables in this draft that I think confuse a lot of things. I, As we all know, I love Zay Flowers. Like, I mean, like what he can do after the catch, the way he attacks the ball in the air, his route running, his physicality, you know, he's dual in the run game, plays all three receiver positions. Like he's a complete guy. And like he's the type of guy that you know, um, immediately would have an impact, especially if even if we get D Hop, because you're adding, you know, D Hop, Bateman, Flowers, uh, Odell, the way that you could use them in those sets and, uh, you know, Monken's system, that's, you know, something that's going to be dangerous. And it's a young dangerous. I mean, you have D Hop that's a little longer in the tooth, um, but, you know, it's a young dangerous. And that's what you want to develop behind a quarterback like Lamar, especially if you're about to invest a lot of money into him. Give him a bunch of sports cars. Um, another guy that I kind of think could, you know, maybe move around there is like I've been pretty big on Kalaji Kansi. You know, he's one that, you know, if he's there at 22 with McDonald's defense, you need to be able to have a four-man rush and you need to be able to get pressure out of the four-man rush. We've had an issue getting that pressure internally, um, you know, through those inside zones. So adding him, somebody can kind of pierce that line of scrimmage, then that takes a little bit more pressure off of your second level with your linebacker. That allows you to play more of that outside end, like Spencer said. So, like, it's more – it is a contained defense. but it, And that's why you need to have those strong players in the back end um, to where they can kind of isolate themselves. They know their zones. They all exceed at different – skill level so you know one a ball skill a man-to-man guy a jam corner like whatever um but so corner you know a, a cb2 is another option that you can look at and like drew said you know depending on how the draft falls where corners fall you know there could be somebody there jpj would be a good option there but you know he's another guy that could go up you know get picked by washington at 15 pittsburgh at 16 so, so okay so a name that nobody's mentioned is and has been talked about a lot uh you know, by various people in the media is uh, Brian Branch. So I think that would piss a lot of people off because he's technically a safety, but I don't think he'd be drafted to be a safety, right? He'd be like a dime or a slot corner, but he'd be a big physical presence and um, just sort of like our, our secondary would just be like a bunch of like hybrid animals, basically. Positionless defense. Yeah. If you have a, if like Spencer said, you have a handshake deal with uh, Rockison or maybe even Marcus Peters. I know his name's been kind of quiet this offseason. Like Brian Branch would make a ton of sense at 22 because then he takes over the Kyle Hamilton role from last year. You let Kyle Hamilton play, you know, more traditional safety. Can you and, imagine the you know, reaction from some of the people that we have uh, internet beef with if, if if they take Brian Branch? Oh, well, and this is <laughs> the EDC hater like, squad. This is, a, this is a pretty like for the Ravens, especially if the D Hop deal gets done. Like this is a strong draft to where they can go BPA. Like there's going to be enough talented players at positions in need, whether it's you know an interior D lineman, a corner, a receiver. Um, you know, if you want to add an interior offensive lineman, I don't. I'm, I'm with Spencer on. Um, the, you know, what's the name for Florida? Have a brain. Torrance. Torrance. Torrance, yeah. And like the thing with them is, is like that gives you that flexibility if you want to trade back. And like, you know, Spencer mentioned with Zrebeck, like, you know, there's teams that might not want to trade up. So like, you know, if there's going to be talent that's falling that they think they can accumulate then. So, I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot that goes behind it with that. And I, I think that, you know, that could be something that happens too. Yeah, I, I think that this is – if we get Hopkins, I don't think anybody can cry about what we do in the first round. Honestly, we could take Torrance. We could just, like, forfeit our pick in the first round and not pick again. Yeah, I said and earlier I today that if we, get D-Hop, if we get D-Hop, 
EDC could fart into the phone five times over the weekend and it would yeah. still be the greatest draft ever. I mean, like nobody can be mad about it. It doesn't really matter at that point. Cause we we've, 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 he said he's going to rebuild the wide receiver room. No one ever thought that it was, that means Odell and D hop and, and another, and another veteran yeah. and potentially, you know, even if they don't take a, a wide receiver in the first round, somebody like a Mingo, you know, in the third round or some, something like that. So just the fact that they've really followed through on what they said they were going to do. I just don't see how anybody can, can, I mean, there has to be like a moratorium on EDC hate on Twitter for, for like the entire season, at least. There won't, there won't. We well, know I need to get though. my written apology ready if he gets D hop. So yeah, yeah, you and Mo, you and Mo, I got Mo, <laughs> I got Mo writing a four page paper to uh, EDC apologizing to him. I'm going to use get. a quail feather and like do like some old school calligraphy and like on this day, the year and, of our Lord, uh, you better read that to open the next four episode. score <laughs> and a few yeah. a few heaters ago. Yeah. <laughs> I I I honestly think that we're trading back though, and I know I read Jeff's article and his point made sense that like maybe nobody wants to trade back, but I feel like there's going to be some player that falls, whether it's and maybe it's like a Will Levis or an Anthony Richardson that you know some team that has an aging quarterback might want to move into the uh, first round to take them. And there's just like an opportunity for us to move down. I, I always think that there's opportunities for that. And well, you can't really um, predict them ahead of time. I would, I would assume that usually the phone rings once at least. Yeah. That you do get a call and the Rams or someone will just gauge and see if they can. 49ers you know, maybe. They, I think they don't. you just really don't want to pick yeah. and you don't, you're not really squeezing for the exact trade chart to really. And another, a, this is considered a thin draft class from what I've heard. Um, to be honest, I haven't gone through 200 guys like I usually do this year, but for all intents and purposes, I've heard like seven GMs say, yeah, there's this is a 140-man class. The last two, three years have all been 170, 180, 190. This one is kind of a weird trickle of the COVID weirdos that like stayed a really long time, mm. and there's some weird red flag medical guys, a bunch of stuff, so... I mean, them acquiring some picks next year, maybe. I mean, maybe. Right. I feel like there are a few teams that will want to get 2024 capital in this weird class that kind of is is heavy on backs and tight ends and, like, corners. So it's it's different positions than the draft has been super heavy on the last couple of years. Yeah, well, one, that's what... one, yeah, one scenario that I, I think could effectively be a trade back is if we want to win the D-hop sweepstakes and we swap – are 22 for 34 and Hopkins. I think that's a win. Uh, if you walk away with Hopkins and you're only trading back into the, the front end of the second round, I don't I know like if that it, is, I, I don't know if I it feel takes like that, that is what but... it will be. If Hopkins is a Raven, it will be 22 for yeah. he's a chief or a bill. I feel right. like no, either Raven. the Ravens make that move. That is a strong move for the Cardinals who might be trading back, might end up having, you know, that could put them in a position to have like maybe three, Top twenty-five picks, something mm-hmm. like yeah. that. So right. that would they, they, they have work to do. Top deal is going to be. I would, I would think that it would be a third or a fourth from the Bills or the Chiefs, and maybe a day three pick next year, or yeah. the Ravens come in stronger with, and and they don't have a second round pick, like they don't have a ton of maneuverability. Right. If the I, I just feel like from everything we've gathered, the Chiefs and the Bills are definitely interested. Don't want to overpay, and I think that. Again, this is the year the Ravens are like, we're using the credit cards this time. We'll pay the interest. Lamar is in a weird spot, and we're not trying to have this bot. We don't want our bottom to fall out here. Like, 
they could be on the verge of a weird era of their franchise if they aren't aggressive. So I think if it push comes to shove, they would strongly consider the Spielberger and whatever the other guy trade chart. That's like the updated Jimmy Johnson trade chart shows that as like the equivalent of a third round, like a, a higher 74, third round. Pick. 74, I think is the number. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that the, the everyone's thrown out like, like the bills and the chiefs throwing picks in the eighties right. uh, and maybe a, you know, a fourth next year or something like that. Yeah. So we well, could throw and, him, uh, James Protre and Devin Duvernay too. <laughs> Either or both. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. Duvernay is such a cardinal. Such a cardinal. Like, yeah, he is. Yeah. He's short. He's short. He's fast. He just he would have been Rondell. He, like, he would have been a great Rondell Moore in, in Cliff's offense if Cliff wasn't gone. They have no wide receivers over 5'10 right now, I think, on the roster, besides Hopkins. So, I mean, Duvernay would be the tallest guy on the roster. He could be, you know. The, the incestuality of Hopkins coming to Baltimore after trading Hollywood Brown there and, and maybe throwing Duvernay in that. It's I don't. I feel like Duvernay won't be a part of it, but if it was, it would just be a, a funny, weird little crossover of how many ancestral receivers they would have. Yeah, Andy yeah, Isabella I mean, is a Raven. I th- I think the the, the twenty the twenty two for thirty four and D Hop is you look at it as DeAndre Hopkins is I I prefer him over any of the wide receivers that were likely going to be there at twenty two personally. Like if you go if you're talking about just twenty twenty three, what we're going to get immediately out out the gate, you're getting a, a like clear cut wide receiver one top five wide receiver in the NFL and you're getting uh, an early second round pick, which we don't have. So really we're walking away with, we have our second round pick already Roquan Smith. We come away with Deandre Hopkins and we come away with another second round pick. I think that's a win all, all the way around. So, and especially in the prism of the deals that they haven't made the AJ Brown type of trade, those, those high first round pick, that is such a Ravens way of matching those moves and the fact that the Ravens sniffed around Hopkins a couple of years ago. Hopkins isn't going to be great. He's pretty flatly said he's not interested in making this an expensive uh, expenditure for his new next team. He's just trying to win. He probably he's 30, 30 going to be 31. He's probably just trying to, you know, add to his legacy at this point. That's why him and Odell would make such an interesting pairing, too. But he's been on like, such terrible teams. His the, entire the, career, the Houston's. He had what two, one and a half years of Deshaun Watson, and then yeah. had all yeah. the all the bums that they trotted out: Savage, yeah. Keenum, everybody. And then goes to Arizona, and and Kyler Murray is, you know, the the most inconsistent quarterback. Gets, gets a gets league. a little bit of good Kyler, but you know, Kyler blows his knee out. He's suspended. Hopkins is suspended for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't really get the the full throttled experience. Yeah, just a failure of an experiment, really. And to me, to be honest, I mean, if we're putting it that way, considering, you know, the volatility in Baltimore, I mean, the Bills and the Chiefs have a more stable quarterback situation. So that could definitely be appealing to him as well. If there is stay, I'm sure he loves the idea of Lamar over 27 plus. But that's a if if Hopkins has any say, that's a that's a fucking tough trio to pick from. <laughs> yeah, really. Who do you want to well, play? Who do you want to play with? But you have to you have to believe if the Hopkins deal goes down. They have to have some sort of agreement in place already with Lamar. Like, Hey, Lamar, we get this done. You're fucking signing this contract tomorrow. So that's the only way the math works like cap wise, because I feel like they're going to have to restructure Andrews, Marlin and, um, they got to max out the credit cards. They got to turn everything into bonuses for Stanley, for Humphrey, for Smith, for Andrews, Williams, Williams, every everything they've got, and yep. uh, yeah, and so those guys clear you. I think it's like twenty million, twenty three million, or something like that. If you restructure all of them, 
And something so, has to be tampered with with Hopkins cap hit and contract. I, I feel like regardless, even if I think you it's the same thing that, that that Packers and Jets just had to do with Rodgers to make it work. I mean, it, it can be done. And and Hopkins has already said he's willing to. Why, did, why would the Cardinals give a shit about eating? You know, to, no, take, right. taking care of some facet of a few million dollars. Well, and this is a tank year for them anyway. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Kyler's destroyed. You know, right. they're they're in a horrible spot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Caleb Williams is probably better than Kyler Murray, so they can tank for that first overall pick, trade Kyler, and then not be in good shape in a couple years. Possibly. Yeah, uh, Lincoln, Lincoln guess, Riley is going to be the new coach next year. <laughs> and also, if we're if you're to believe, Daddy. Uh, where the fuck's his name? Mike Lombardi? Is that the one who said the uh, Hopkins and Odell ultimatum for Lamar? It was, yeah. Mike Lombardi. yeah, it was. Yeah, so I mean, if you believe him, then Lamar went to them and said, I'll negotiate with you if you get me Odell and DeAndre Hopkins and you get him Odell and DeAndre Hopkins. I feel like you're going to get his attention. So, in the, I mean, it, it would make sense, and this is probably all of our own fan fiction, but, it, I mean, it would make sense at that point. The Raven, that is his version of the Ravens, meeting the Ravens in the middle and with Jalen Hurts deal coming in and being like, okay, he is as hot as he could possibly be to go get a contract right now and got what, Apparently, Lamar is essentially offered. So I think things thing that would be a nice way of rekindling. The most interesting part about it is Josina Anderson repeatedly insinuating that the Ravens, if they can't get the deal done, should meet Lamar at the exclusive franchise yeah. tag price of $45.6 million. Who's that coming from? It's not coming from the Ravens. Josina clearly talks to Lamar Lamar's camp. So that is always interesting to me uh, in that capacity, too. Well, and then she responded to his tweet last night with, uh, I don't know, fucking some weird emojis, like a phone and a contract. And I, I, I couldn't decipher that, that. Well, so my whole thing is, like, she she's all over him. She's all over Odell. She's all over, like, a lot of these players. And so, like Spencer said, she's clearly not getting that from, like, her own mind. Somebody must well, have, Okay, you know, so yesterday there was another tweet, and Spencer may be able to shed a little bit of light on this, because aren't you friendly with Jack Settleman? Yeah. Yeah, so his his tweet, people, of course, people jumped all over the fact that he had like a typo and said trade instead of uh. Sign, traded, but, the, the Ravens um, traded eighteen million dollars to Odell for his services. Right, totally but so yeah. that that tweet, I know Jack stirs the pot at times, but that seemed like a genuine tweet. Like he, someone said that's that to coming. Him. If I had to guess, it's coming from Marlon. That's if what I, I thought guess, too. Right. Marlon, that's, Marlon yeah. told Jack that, and Marlon's like, yeah, that's what we think's going down, and. Somebody, somebody's had to have talked to Lamar at some point. Lamar's still friendly with everybody. I don't know, but uh, Marlon has said at multiple points this year that Lamar will not tell him anything because he knows that he's going to put it on the internet or tell somebody about it. So that means <laughs> they're talking. True. That's he very keeps true. it real. Um, he keeps it real. Yeah. It, it, I mean, other than yeah, they call him, a, they call him a narc. They call him a, an op in the locker room all the time. So the, the, the greatest lie ever told was when Marlon tried to claim that someone else was tweeting for him. Uh, during the season, there's oh, no yeah, chance yeah. anyone else is tweeting for him ever. Zero percent. No one can replicate what comes out of his brain. Like the but other day when what? he tweeted I that would... his water got shut off. <laughs> but you know, allegedly, if you don't pay your water bill, <laughs> I love that guy. Like that, like the shit that he stirs up on Twitter. Like man, he's just one of a kind, dude. If he nice. wasn't a genetically like a genetically superior, his mom isn't a fucking Olympic track athlete. His dad is John Elway's workhorse running back. Like I don't know where that guy would be, man. He'd be. I feel like he'd be in an alley somewhere, like saying some weird <laughs> shit to himself. His but whole family and like, his sisters yeah. are, are better athletes than him. Yes, exactly. That's a, that. That is a. They, they are the genetic law. That is a pedigree. Are, that's a pedigree family. My 100%. yeah, and they do it right too. They they've got. 
coaching clinics. They're all track athletes. So they have the fine, you know, fine twitch muscular movement and everything in place. They're, they're doing it right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So tell, tell us some of your, um, day two, day three, uh, projections. What, what do you, what do you think we're looking at? The reason I, again, the reason I, and I'm going to, I'm going to be wrong. I'm going to take a corner after I say this. And I'm like, I'm usually I'm very wishy-washy right up until like right now. And I've been pretty, pretty steadfast. This cornerback class has seven dudes that played at a power five school that are six foot one plus six foot, six foot one plus are 190 plus really towards 200 pounds and can play fucking press corner. Like this is John Harbaugh's draft. This is his ideal. That is where John Harbaugh doesn't know X's and O's. Like he is up the butt of the DBs all practice, every practice I ever go to. Like he, that is where he lodges himself most of the time. And I think he said it earlier, this, this draft cycle that he was like, yeah, there's 20 guys that we like that we think can play like fast. There are so many corners. So um, I don't know which one they're going to like Darius rush out of South Carolina, tries a kid out of Purdue. Like there are, they had a kid from uh university of Texas, San Antonio that played with Woolen that I ended up watching tape on for sports info solutions a couple years ago when he was younger Mayfield. Like there are a bunch of Pete Carroll, John Harbaugh corners that are tall can press and are confident as hell. And I think even if they do take a corner in round one, if they don't make any trades, they make five picks in this class. Like, it would not be a surprising result to see one of their two next picks after the round one, one 80, what is it? 86 and whatever the next one is. 125 or 124. One, yeah, 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 yeah. 124. yeah. I think it's 125. Yeah. And uh, one of those also be a corner. Like I just think that they have been in a weird spot with corner. I think that the weirdest, the, the easiest path for this team to have their legs cut off in the regular season, aside from, you know, Lamar going down or whatever is, is again, is Marlon Humphrey. Like if they lose Marlon Humphrey, they're in a shit situation. Their entire foundation crumbles defensively. The and and Marlon has toned down the level of physicality he used to play with. You can see because they don't want him getting hurt. They don't want the peanut punches, the fruit punch to to translate injury. So I think even if you have a Rockus in, maybe even if you bring in another corner as a veteran, whatever it is, I, I just would be very surprised to see them not get uh day two, day three press corner this class is loaded with bodies loaded with guys that are decent enough in their back pedal decent enough at the stem um that is kind of my grand my grand take of this whole draft class is that like the way that the stars and the moon are aligning in the way that the cyclical nature of football into the too high structure into using more 12 and 21 personnel into all of that stuff coming back aligns perfectly with this draft class the backs the tight ends, the later round interior offensive linemen, the big boys on the defensive line, and the corners are all stocked. Those are the deep classes to me. So I think it aligns super well. And I, I think the Ravens would be somewhat foolish to not go get one of these tall, long, down to get this friction on corners, especially round three, round four. Um, do you think Moss. we have one of those um, handshake deals with Amos too? Because he came in around the same time as Rocky Sin. That, I, that, that definitely could be the case, uh, especially if he's like going to – I don't know what Amos is – personal situation is but if he plans on maybe being local anyway they might be like okay let's see maybe we bring him in during camp um but yeah those those yeah. guys both but do you think we would see him well we, we talked about branch he kind of profiles the same way right he's sort of a versatile uh you know just 
back end weapon in terms and, uh, of you, you, you absolutely nailed it. Grant. I think that that probably is the best. And if Hopkins is the situation and the Ravens do get the classic Raven BPA, whatever it, it is, Brian branch and being able to have him and Hamilton carry verticals blitz and be able to match, especially against two by two sets, I think is, is that is like Beethoven's symphony of defensive football and Mike McDonald's system. Well, um, that would be incredible. Think about like what has caused us issues on defense in the most recent years as tight ends. I mean, in fantasy football, I start the tight end that plays against the Ravens every year. DFS, week. oh yeah. Yeah, so like, you know, like in like adding somebody like a branch when you have the flexibility to do that BPA, like I, I agree. I mean, that's somebody that you would you could lock him and Hamilton on the outsides, almost like a, a strong safety rover combo. And then you'd have them play the outsides, double tights, whatever. Both of them could cover slots in certain in certain formations. So, I mean, it gives you that flexibility to be able to kind of attack your Achilles heel in a sense. Definitely. And then another one that kind of fits that in the later rounds is a guy that's just gotten shit on through the combine process, like Clark Phillips, to go be able to play a, a more natural yeah. slot and line up against the smaller receiver types in kind of a different vein makes a ton of sense. Um, there's there's a couple guys in that sense. So th- I mean, this corner class, man, Garrett Williams at Syracuse towards ACL. Oh, man. Who, kn- who knows what his medicals are? I mean, that kid's probably a easy, so- easy top 40, top 50 pick if, if that doesn't happen. Oh yeah, he, and so he, so because I like him a lot. So he tore his ACL on October 29th. So he's almost what on the back end of his of his treatment and everything, and the way that ACLs are being, you know, medically progressed. Not take injuries. Oh, Grant, you're gonna get yourself in not, trouble here. Hey, listen, because this is, we're talking two months versus like ten months. So like, but I mean, I think I think I I think Garrett Williams is some. Uh, he's he's a dog. I mean, he I think he could have been probably a first rounder if he didn't get injured. I mean, Definitely he, would be he a does a lot person. of things really well, and he's another big physical guy. I mean, you want Voorhees, you want you know Garrett Williams, like what other injured guys? Hey, I'll take Voorhees in the one fifties all day. Your your heart just goes out to the wounded soldiers. That's it. Yeah, except except for uh, except Ajabo. for David Ajabo, because you know, God, God forbid we take. I'm David a Pickens Ajabo guy, Spencer. Of... I was a Pickens guy, so I was like, man, take the fucking shirt. Like this guy just tore his Achilles two months ago. Like this is not a, true. I have little, it was a little too cute for you. This is not true. I have the receipts from that night <laughs> when the pick was made. Drew and I were celebrating, and Grant said that was a great pick. Well, yeah, I mean, I anytime said, that you got guys with a first-round capability, but here's my thing with it was, is he tore his Achilles recently. You're not getting the fifth-year option on him of a four, of a first-round pick. So, basically, you're red-shirting a guy potentially. He played, what, two games of the season? So, then you're basically played, getting a played guy 21 snaps, a 21 snaps for three years. So, you, you need him to be basically Grant, if you just years. If you just went the route and said that I didn't want to see Drew happy, that would get a lot more people. Well, I never want to see you happy. So I mean, I mean like this would just be, you know, like when we take Mike Morris at 199 this year, I'm going to be thrilled. Or when we end up with Ronnie Bell as a UDFA. Uh, actually, I hate Ronnie Bell, but you know, whatever. Like so, Michigan guy, so I'll, I'll ride with him. Um, well, you know, you we're, we're going to get a we're going to run it, a running back at some point. Yeah, I mean, we're going to get Josh. Is Ross. Josh Ross is going to be our starting inside linebacker when we <laughs> trade Patrick Queen for picks. So it's going to be a whole Michigan Michigan defense going on next year. Yeah, so I'll be some Josh Ross. Yeah, one of the, He's the, the other intriguing fits here in the sense of a Jabo, and it, it stinks that they're. I mean, a trade back possibility. The Ravens, depending on how they were to maneuver. I mean, DJ Turner played for Mike McDonald. DJ yeah. Turner is a Marlon. He's such a yin and yang to Marlon Humphrey in that same vein, where a guy like Tyler Lockett will give Marlon Humphrey trouble all day. Like DJ Turner is the type of player that can deal with those twitcher, smaller, 
twitchier, smaller receivers, so fluid, so explosive. He's like, I think Mike Renner said it in his draft guide is like, if, if Tyreek Hill played on defense, he's that kind of twitched up athlete. So he's someone that intrigues me. Um, I think cause he ran that four, two, he's just out of their range, but uh, another intriguing fit that, that I'm sure Mike McDonald would love to sneak on down. Yeah. Cause 22 would be a reach for him, but if we traded back into like the forties, he's definitely a guy that would have to be in the mix there. I, w- I would think. Cause and I don't maybe, think, I mean, Forbes... maybe it could be, Hey, we're sitting at 85. We pick up 79 or something. And then, Hey, we'll, we'll go get him at like 65. If, if he's there something like that. Yeah. Well, and I, th- I think guy that I, I really too. like too. Yeah. So I think Queens. No, gone, I'm saying so I think another gonna... guy that I really like too, that could probably be in like, I would say like day two range is Keanu Benton, another like interior D lineman. I mean, he's another guy that kind of pops out. And the more I sit here and think about it, I mean, just names keep continuously coming up. So, I mean, this is a great year for the Ravens, regardless of five picks or not. Mozzie Smith would be a great um, interior defensive lineman to pick up too. He's got a gun charge pending, but I think that that's bullshit. So, you know, free him and he's fine. But um, I think that's prob- that probably automatically disqualifies him from our draft board, but. Yeah, it was like a bullshit thing where, you know, he got stopped and he had like a loaded Uzi in his car or something like that. You know, they shouldn't search his car. So it's could happen to anybody. Could happen <laughs> no, anybody. Loaded Uzi. Should happen. Yeah, shit happens. You know, some, sometimes we keep loaded guns in our car and it just, uh, you know, shit goes south. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a one of those drafts that I feel like a lot of our fans are going to be pissed off at. Um, especially if they go out and get Hopkins. I mean, they've got five. They've got five picks. Like it's it's tough yeah. to it's tough to feel fantastic. Well, I mean, you've been, you've been on, you've been on Twitter long enough that like we could fucking go get eleven all pros on both sides of the ball, and somebody would find a reason to bitch. So, I mean, I I, I do that on occasion. So yeah, I'm not you know I'm not innocent here. But I, you, I feel you, like you used to be one of those people. I'd say two drafts. Ago, I fucking you, you I fucking converted. I fucking converted Grant to be what he is today. And then and then you left him. You left him in the fox. Yeah. <laughs> He's well, the, he's then then I, I was like, you know what? Yeah, fuck that guy. And then like, well, then like, I yeah, then yeah, I realized yeah. I, I realized the issue was that we employed Greg Roman. Like, I, I just I, I underestimated how much of a fucking terrorist that guy was. I don't. The, I don't. The, the, there's the, probably only two coaches that have ever been that divisive, and the the other one, Matt Cavanaugh, back in the day. I mean, oh my yeah. gosh, Matt Cavanaugh. If you, if you go up to Looney's in Bel Air, you'll 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 still hear that get murmured around. With, with yeah, we we, we avoid. Well, Cam Cameron too. That was another one. It was. I mean, at the at the back end, it wasn't long enough. It wasn't like, uh, it, yeah, it, I guess it was four years, wasn't it? But it, yeah, it's it's weird. It's Cam Cameron, yes, but Matt Cavanaugh, man, he was a and I. You guys know I I don't go too hard on the coaches, but Matt Matt Cavanaugh was a fucking bozo. Fuck that guy. Oh yeah, he was. I remember he Cavanaugh. Was, and, and that's that's where Roman got towards the end there too. It was just kind of like uh, his play calling was just so bad. It just it, it caused so many problems, and I feel like we would have been in so much better of a spot. If we Spencer just tried to, tried to go to battle for Roman a lot. He was he was just. I think he's a fucking. I still feel the same way. I think he's one of the best creative run minds and overall playbook designers, and his intelligence of football is incredible. But he sucks at sequencing play calling and setting up plays for later in the game, especially outside of the run game. It's like. All right, now it's a passing down. Fuck. Okay, we'll call the the one of the like twenty things that I think these young receivers can run. And the the shit with the whips with the they would go three by two empty whips out the mirrored outs throwing picks on that the all stops all that stuff. And and I remember Hollywood saying the year the off season before he got traded, he was like, yeah, you know, we've got a playbook that's like like the Bible, but we just got to like prove 
that we can run it in games. And it was like, they never had the same receivers. They never had the same consistency of their offense. Like some factors of it. I feel like he just wasn't trusting enough, especially like, a, I don't know. Boykin was a fucking idiot. It seemed like, and they all, the, when they all threw him under the bus, I think it was after that Eagles weird Carson Wentz game or something where they all threw him under the bus for like running the wrong routes and stuff. It was just, that was, that was a mess. But yeah, I think in game sucked in many ways at times. He was an elite, he was an elite coordinator from Monday through Saturday. Coordinator is the key word. Play caller is not part of that. Yeah, and then on Sunday he just completely shit the bed. And And he had had no ability to to adjust in game at all. None, none. But he, I mean, I agree. He was he's a like his his run game, like his design, like everything. It's innovative. I mean, he the way that he can maneuver his offensive line, his blocking schemes, in combination with misdirections. I mean, he's got a great concept, but he's just he can't call a fucking game. I, I feel like my ten year old's playing Madden. I'm just watching him, like you know. I mean, the, the predictability, like you know, like Spencer said, the all stops. I mean, oh yeah, that's that's a good route combo, but not fifteen times a game, like. Well, the fact that to 2021, we had none of our our running backs healthy, and we still were, I think, sixth in running in the in the league. Yeah, so. Latavius. At the end of that year, they had Latavius Murray and Devontae Freeman going kind of going kind of brazy. They yeah, were, they were getting sick yeah. with it. They put up 200 rushing yards on the Steelers. The Latavius Murray's barreling for 50 yard touchdowns in January. Right. Yeah. Well, and like you can't even give Lamar credit for it because he he was you know I mean obviously he was there for two thirds of the season, but still it, it happened on the bills. It was it, and it's much of what Twitter said and things I definitely fought, but like it, it did the lessons. I feel, I feel like were learned in some ways in the past game and things would expand. And like, it would at least be some of the three by one stuff would still be relevant to what other NFL teams were doing. And that's why it was so exciting having Bateman an actual X that can win at all three levels that can beat press Lo and behold, they're scoring 30 points. You take away the on-ball receiver when he gets his foot injured, and it all goes back to shit immediately in the pass game. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we had no wide receiver depth either, which I would, and I would, I would say, you know, you know I, I'm I will always be a Greg Roman apologist. You can roast me for it all you want, but like he did have a shit receiver room most of the time, except for 2021 when got everyone was healthy, which was not most of the year. I almost want to pull. I almost want to pull receipts on your. Um, I just remember you had a tweet about Odell Beckham in 2021. About I still stand um, by. I great. still stand by that point. We agreed on this. The Ravens <laughs> needed a corner at that point more than they needed Odell. I still. Well, I and now still, knowing what we know, what we know now, he 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 already had a, a non-existent ACL, like just an unhealed ACL. So, which does go to show uh, how insane of a human being he is, and that it has to give you hope that he can grit it out this year. He's going to want to play again next year. He's going to want to get another contract. Well, and we need him too, so we can extend him and and uh, erase that 11, 11 million in dead cap. So, I mean, obviously it's an eleven million dollar future cap. Uh, you know, and eleven million isn't that much in the in the big scheme of things. But still, I know that EDC has no interest in eating eleven million dollars. Um, so, I think the the gamble is we're going to have him at least for two years. Yeah, but I, that's I mean, that's health dependent. Longer. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I it, ideally it would be a, a three-year, I think, commitment. But he's we'll like see. a bi-week extension kind of guy. If he works out when he starts, I feel like that. That's kind of if everybody's. You know, that's a great point. If everybody's smiling around the bye week they're winning. Everybody's happy. Could could definitely just get that over with. Yeah. Yeah, and clearly they have no issues negotiating with his agent because uh, they they got that deal done pretty pretty easily. They pulled him off the plane going to the Jets. So. Yeah, um, Spencer, tonight I know you were. Um, 
very busy having I'm uh, I'm good now. Having, I'm good now. Having, I'm, well, you were having upscale treats, so you didn't you, you didn't get to watch yourself, but you you had a cameo on uh, the dozen tonight. Yeah, uh, RDT called me last night, and I was like, "What the fuck?" It like clicked as I was picking up. I was like, "Oh fuck, am I about to be on the dozen?" And he started reading the question, and I was like, "I have." Before he said the names, I did, he was like, "East of the Mississippi." I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And then he's like, "What's?" And then once he asked what school that uh, that they went to, I was like, "Oh my god, thank God this was a fucking softball." I was. Yeah. So uh, I, I couldn't believe he didn't know it. I couldn't believe it. He I mean, well, he really isn't a Ravens guy. He fucking well, hates so I didn't know. I didn't know Derek Wolf. I, I I had no memory of him being at Cincinnati, but Isaiah Pede, I I I remembered him. So for sure, yeah. Every time, every time you say Derek Wolf, I just remember you calling his wife a taxi animal on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she is. Uh, uh, that was that was a late night, like two hours into recording, and Will. Oh yeah, I think sense. that was one of the heavy bourbon nights. That was one where yeah, like the, my my bourbon was filled to the top when we yeah. started. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we went through his whole you know fucking wife pulling the receipts, like accused her of like a federal crime, and Will's like she's just a fucking taxidermy animal. I don't think they're gonna arrest her or something like that. It's like holy shit. Uh, that that is the good part about being a smaller podcast is we we say things like that that don't make it back to the intended targets. And then, uh, you, yeah, can, you'd really have to skin. hate us a lot to go back and and comb through every episode and find you know stuff That's, to cancel us over. Yeah, it's it's, it's, uh, fun. I mean, it's, I, it's fun until you're in uh freaking oh my god Shane Gillis's shoes. And you're like oh yeah. shit I got Saturday night fuck yeah and they're like racist. We just went back eight years and found you saying some horrible things. He's a comedian, uh, I mean, for Christ's sake. Exactly. But I, I also know the one thing that they'll pull on us is the amount of times I use an outdated um, statement to refer to mentally handicapped people. Yeah, I'm surprised it hasn't yeah. slipped out on this one yet. But Well, we've, I mean, honest, honestly, I, I, I muted myself um, at some point when Spencer was talking. The Bruins gave up a game-winning goal, and I went a little bit ballistic here, but um, I muted myself. So there was, there was a lot of words that came out then that were uh, <laughs> would, not, would not have been consumable for air. That was, that was not good, but... Um, yeah, I've, I've toned it down. You know, I'm, I'm a changed man from three weeks ago. Last time I, I said it live on the podcast. So, all right. Well, before we before we wrap it up, let's let's all put like a, a firm prediction for tomorrow night, and it can be DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is acquired. Lamar Jackson is an extended, and we draft a corner. All three. Okay. What corner. I hope uh, Joey Porter Jr. That that's that's my um, that's what I'm hoping for. Just seems to be the way things are going. Everything's Spen- coming up, Ravens. So. Spencer, gun to your head. There's some sort of trade. The Ravens make a trade for a player. They trade a player. They trade someone. Something something gets the headlines, gets uh, Rich Eisen to go, okay. Something <laughs> Something's going down. Um, gun to my head, Jordan Addison, and the Ravens end up with some combination of either Morrow, Ajomo, um, Dervon, Dexter, and let's go with Corey Trice out of Purdue, Mayfield out of UTSA, or Darius Rush out of South Carolina on, on day two. All right. Grant. So my heart, Zay, but I don't I don't think he's gonna make it there. Um <clears throat> I, I'm on the Klaja Kansi train. I mean, if he's there at twenty two, I really like what he brings to the defense. I mean, a lot of people might be mad about interior defensive lineman, but I think when they see what he can add to an already stout Super Bowl contending defense, I think they'll be happy with the results, especially if we're getting D hop. Now, if we don't get D hop, I it's gotta be a corner, which I would I'm on the JPJ train at that point. All right. Jake? I think Kansi's crazy interesting with Matabike where 
their strengths and weaknesses somewhat align, but Matabike can take on blocks in the run game so much better. Kansi is yeah. so much better, has such people better eyes, such a better finisher. People yeah. forget and, that Matabike is Aaron Donald. So yeah, very true. They do. Well, and, right? and, and Broderick, I mean, a smart Broderick, analyst told us that Broderick really started coming on. Like I like, I like the potential that he adds to the defensive line too. Yeah, there is depth there. All right, Jake, what's your prediction? I'm predicting they don't pick tomorrow. I'm thinking they'll trade back, do the deal with the cards. We wind up with D-Hop and get pick 34 back. With pick 34, we wind up with one of either Emmanuel Forbes or Keely Ringo. That's what I'm saying. All right. Keely Ringo, people forget, is the highest rated college cornerback coming out since um, Iman Marshall, who was a pick. He's also like, he's good at football. Keely Ringo's good yeah. at football. People overthink him very much so. He's got that weird clip from the combine where he was backpedaling and looked like shit. And so everybody's like, oh, this guy sucks. I don't want him anymore. And he's, he's, he's not like, going to get okay. asked. To, he's, he's the type of corner you don't ask to backpedal. You ask him to slide, shuffle, and, and run like he. You're not asking. You can you can literally play corner without backpedaling a ton. Well, and he's got some nepotism ties to the Ravens with playing for Georgia, and we got Todd Munkin. So Will Will loves nepotism. Will's big nepotism. Hashtag nepotism. I'm, I'm a whistleblower. Um, all right, so I think we're definitely pulling the trigger on D Hop in the scenario. If if that requires us doing the 22 for 34 swap, I think then we're taking Branch 22. Um, or sorry. If if we move back to thirty four, I think we take Forbes at thirty four. If we end up in twenty two and we have D Hop somehow, I don't know how we pull that off. Somehow we we trade a you know third round pick and a player, um, and we stick with twenty two. I think then we end up with Branch. But I think it's a defensive player either way. You think none, Forbes none of those none long? of those piss me off at all. So the well well done everyone all around. Yeah, I mean we're all great GMs. I feel like we should uh, maybe do a little um, you know fire EDC and hire all of us. We're, we're in good shape. Grant, your question, do I think he lasts? Well, I think something's got to give. I think something's got to give. And, and you know, with the, like Spencer and you both said, like the the amount of, of you know, basically uh, the depth of the cornerbacks and defensive backs in this draft, um, I think the defensive backs are going to slide a bit into the second and third round that you may be thinking are going to be, you know, like a back end in the first round. But um, I think there's going to be a run on offensive linemen in the first round. So, a lot of good tackles. Um, like, so we're going to see players who are being projected higher, and like Bijan, who people are think like people are saying like, oh, maybe he's there for the Ravens at twenty two. There's no chance he's going to no. go in like the top ten probably. So um, I mocked him eight to the Falcons today. Yeah, so I think cornerback and wide receiver, which is gets a ton of attention from people in Ravens Twitter because it's what we need. Those are going to be the two positions that are I think we're going to see guys slide. So I'm pretty big on Forbes. I think I think was it Cole's pretty big on Forbes too. Yeah. And like I'm like the guy is a playmaker. Like he's got the most pick sixes all time in NCAA history. So like you you got somebody that (laughs) you're nuts. But um but I mean I wouldn't be surprised if Forbes went 15 you know to New England and but like he's like the type of corner that you know that they like up there and I mean he's just one of those guys. I would be shocked if we could get him and you know in the second round but I would be all for it. Belichick would take Riley Moss before he took Forbes. Let's be honest here. There's, there's a, there's a clear. <laughs> Why are you saying there. that? Um, may or may not be racially motivated, but I'm not going to make that. It depends on if it's but... Bill or Nike picking. Forbes, I think, yeah. makes a ton of sense because his eyes are so good, and McDonald has corner. Like they've changed the. I think Banks is the ideal Wink Martindale corner. He is very similar to like a Byron Jones, and and people throw the Marlon Humphrey comp. 
I don't, again, Harb, that is Harb's department in many ways, but Forbes' eyes and his ability to vision and play off and read underneath is is nasty. And I think that fits what they want to do at corner very, very much. So especially if you're going to have all these, they've got Hamilton, they got Williams, you have Geno Stone, maybe you bring in an Amos, maybe you draft one later. Like you feel good about your safeties. You can take a young ball hawk and tell him, we're going to sit you underneath a good bit, let you vision the quarterback and let you jump shit and make mistakes underneath. Like that, that's kind of Marcus Peters, vibes. right? That's what that's yeah. We, we've seen it work. We've seen it work. Kind of built the yeah. same way, but Forbes yeah. is yeah. somehow still like twenty pounds lighter. Well, yeah. I have I, so I have two more that I really like too. I want to hear what see what you think. Like so, I really like Jalen Jones out of A and M, and I really like um, Caillou Blue Kelly out of Stanford. Like as like day two potentially. Maybe, I don't think they lasted day three, but I think they both could day two, maybe fourth round. But Jalen, I mean Jalen Jones is a gigantic motherfucker he is big he is strong um man coverage out the ass he is a five star i mean he's like those two guys you just named are perfect examples of why i'm gonna overthink that the ravens won't draft a corner in the first round um you know jones again another guy where you're a little worried about like the fluidity that he has in some of those things but i feel like you can mitigate that we're also forgetting like they took a fucking running back converted into a defensive back that has played decent football like if you think that the Ravens are scared of taking someone that's like a little bit has a false step here, people are like, Oh, Jalen Jones, a little bit stiff. He ran four or five, whatever. like they're not ultra concerned about that. I feel like, um, yeah. Kyber blue Kelly. I feel like I can't remember. Did he get hurt badly at some point, maybe in 2020 I, or something? I, I yeah, I think it, it, I think it was 2020 or 2021. I think he was a four year starter, but I, he might've gotten hurt at some, maybe it was 2021. Um, but he, Again, so capable of carrying a vertical plane and not the most fluid guy, not the best tips ultimately, but like being able to do what they've asked Brandon Stevens to do. And you're starting at a much more advanced point with someone that understands the nuance there. Um, Guys that are both over six foot guys that are, I think Kelly's probably, I don't know, 198, 197, something like that. Jones might be like 205. Big dude. So big dude. Jones I like the way I like the way uh, Blue Kelly. He I like the way he plays past the sideline. The way that he, like you said, like pushing those verticals and riding those verticals. I like the way that he does use the sideline, and he's he's a good in your face corner. Like he's good at getting his head around, like obstructing the receiver's views. Like he does the kind of difficult. I, I think he was. I think he averaged like I think he let up like point eight yards per target or something ridiculous yeah, as crazy. a freshman. Like as a freshman, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's not as." I mean, Stanford sucks. Whatever, but. I mean, yeah. got, again, it's power five press man corners that are like capable of coming in and playing. And la- I mean, last year, like you look at Jalen Armour Davis in the fourth round and he got Jalen Armour Davis got shit on in the draft process a good bit. Um, a, a similar kind of guy in, in the same sense, Kyle Blue Kelly was supposed to be both of them were supposed to be first round picks uh, when they were super young at Stanford at Bama. Um, and and yeah, something weird happened with Kelly that slipped in my mind, but. Just, I think you're right. I think he got hurt the COVID year, but I uh, it might be something something like that. I'm trying to look at. I'm trying to read his bio right now too. But um, something weird happened with him. But I just think out of all those corners, like you, you trust the Ravens, you trust them to scout corners to find what they need to fit their defense. I think they've done really well overall at that position for a long, long, long time. I think that's Ozzy stuff, and I think that's like it's like Harbaugh and Ozzy. Like they get their certain shit to look through. And they sift it out. They find the guys that they like that end up like fitting through the system for a long time. Maybe not super high impact day one, but 
um, those guys both come to mind. And the, the Ravens just like prototype corners, six foot, 200. They like 32 inch arms every single time. And both of those guys, I think, hit just about exactly that. And then Darius Rush, Corey Trice, a um, yeah. couple other guys in there. I mean, Riley Moss, a um, couple other guys in there that that fit that kind of exact prototype role. The kid from Oregon State, um, Rajon Wright. Rajon Wright, 6'2", probably 202, 198, somewhere in there, all those guys. So I don't know. I didn't, like I said, I didn't get super deep into, let's say, a Rajon Wright, and I, I've watched Kyle Blue Kelly. Yeah, I haven't watched much of him. I watched Kyle Blue Kelly play like live a lot over the last couple of years, but didn't get super deep into his tape this offseason. But I feel like they'll just, you know, they've got a, a pick of exactly what they usually look for in in so many guys that aren't going to go around one. So, uh, I mean, that's why I feel like Mike Morris is a Raven too, is that he looks like Pernell McPhee. So, you know, where's number 90 has the dread same build. Like that's just the guys that they go after. Like there are, there are guys who just look like Ravens in the draft this year. Time is a flat circle with the Ravens. Yeah. We just, we, we keep, we keep drafting the same. The well, same and guys imagine, imagine and if we trade, if we trade for Hopkins last time we traded for a, a, a Cardinals, uh, you know, franchise cornerstone wide receiver went pretty well for us. So let's, let's fucking run that back too. And, and, and well, like it's a little bit different, but you know, Flacco going into year five and, Lamar going into year six or so. Mike um, Morris is interesting. You you're on to something, Drew. You're you're yeah. you might be fucking spot on. I think did, he he wasn't like a full time starter, was he? No, um, not until this year. Okay. Um, the, the, after after a job, he, is, is he redshirt junior or is he true senior? I think he's a I think he's a true senior. Um, he's he, like he's yeah, been twenty two. Yeah, he's been there for a while, but again, he just yeah, he he just looks like a Raven. And they again, need it's, it's, someone in that mold so badly to round out that room too. And uh, I feel like he could get, it would, it would help him get on the field faster knowing McDonald for sure. So that, that is a good call and they've, they've got to be taking somebody from Michigan. I feel like. got to be taking yeah. somebody. Well, and yeah, they're going to let your guys fucking hang out to dry it's, Mike Mack. Yeah. It's much more likely they're going to lean on draft to, to round out that room. Like you said, because we just cut, uh, you know, a, a, a locker room leader to clear cap space. Justin Houston hasn't been re-signed. So instead of leaning on veterans on the defensive side, I think going going that direction with the draft and going cheap because we're investing so much money in the offense now, uh, it's, it's kind of out of necessity. But especially if they're familiar to the defensive coordinator. and they- This this edge class really, I mean, a lot of like 37-year-old freaking seventh-year players that also like ran 4-4 and – are super explosive and like good run defenders. I would even lump Miles Murphy into that. I would lump Carl Brooks into that, Byron Young into that. Uh the kid uh the kid out of Clemson, not Miles Murphy, KJ Henry. Uh, Bruce. He's yeah, KJ. T- 24 years old, ran four six, like racked up 50 pressures, something like that. Zach Harrison's fucking huge. He's a normal age. Yaya Diaby's 24 years old. He can rush the passer like a month. There's a bunch of 29-year-old pass rushers that ran four five, four six, four four. It's like a really weird year, but um, a lot of guys that like converted position, w- weird stuff. So I think there is. Oh, yeah. And if you take, if you take a guy like that, instead of bringing back Houston, like I, I don't think that there's a huge difference in what you see on the field. Cause I don't think Houston comes back and is a full-time starter. It's just, it's a, it's a rotation stu- either way. So it does, what does it yeah. matter? It sounds stupid, but like Dalen Hayes screwed them. Like he should have been good. And I heard, I heard awful things about him. Rumble is just, didn't give a shit. Didn't know the play. I mean, he's a Notre Dame guy, so that's okay. That's relax. Hey, take it easy. Oh, take it easy. Denver. 
but uh, what is my, what he, is he my should have been good. Like Dalen Hayes should be a rotational player for the Ravens right now. That should have happened. I was high on him. I was really I, high on him. I think Drew picked him as like a breakout player last year in a, in yeah, one of our uh, preseason podcasts. He was unbelievable yeah. at the Senior Bowl. He was a team captain. He was so good yeah. against the run at Notre Dame. Like he checked so many boxes. Might have been better fit in Wink's defense a little bit, but I, I heard he just was like not with it. Just I mean, I put my shot. faith in him last year. I said that he could be our, you know, like our dark horse guy in defense, and he spit in my face and got hurt. So fucking. <laughs> I guess that, I think that's my take with the corner class. It's like take the one that interviewed the best and you heard the best things about. That's like yeah. sounds simple. I don't know, but like don't take someone that doesn't check those boxes. Like take a fucking Harbaugh Red Star guy. Take the Devin Duvernay guy of that group of those long press corners. That's that's my my what I would try to whisper if if three. Well, and yeah, because there's there's so many of them that you're down to that. You know that there's there's you know, on the field, like their physical skills, there's not a lot to differentiate them. So if, if it's a guy that interviews well, then take him. I definitely and agree I've, with we've, A lot of us have shit on the Ravens. You know, their character stuff can get a little corny at times. But like, I feel like this, in this class, go get the the anti-Dalen Hayes in that sense. Like go get yeah. the, the one that didn't miss time, showed up all the time, everyone raves about. He had a birthday party. Everybody showed up. Steve Kimes fucking <laughs> talking about that bullshit. But Get get yeah, the, don't take the, the guy the, who's got personalized chains of himself. You know, take get the, the guy. Who's get the golden boy. Get the golden boy of the corner of the day two, day three corners. Go get yeah. the the hard. We, we we have enough, you know, already between the Lamar nonsense and you know now we have Odell, so it's just all eyes on the Ravens and J.K. Dobbins. And well, j- well, and so that's when like when Dobbins does that, or a couple of weeks ago when Bateman was firing off. It's just like we need these guys to fucking chill out. Just relax, yeah. especially now with Odell here, especially if we get Hopkins, there's going to be so much attention on, you know, is it going to work? Uh, is everybody happy? Everything else. So we certainly don't need any of these guys that we draft end up being fucking distractions or, uh, you know, creating headlines. So we just need some fucking some peace and quiet from from uh, one winning drive. That's what we need. 100 percent. And my, my closing statement is that I was borderline in this entire draft bullshit community saying Jonathan Mingo is going to be a top 50 pick. Why is this kid not getting more buzz? He was so good in mobile. And now suddenly here we go. So that's my, I can't find a fucking sports book that has a draft prop on him, but we're, we, going, this is a very talking. pro Mingo. Yeah. Uh, we're very pro. It's, there's nothing not to like, yeah. there's literally nothing not to like about it. No, I'd be, far, I'd be, su- I'd be super happy if he was the only wide receiver we came away with, even if we yeah, end up I not getting Schrager, Hopkins, I'm, I'm happy with, with Mingo. He's, He's been my guy behind Zay, and I love wide receivers, and he's been my guy behind Zay. And I don't get – I'm with you. I don't get how – I mean, I could see him going in the first. I mean, the Chiefs or somebody – I think the, com- thir- the combine, I think, was huge for him because everyone else was super light and skinny and thin and didn't run 4-2 and 4-3. Yeah. So I think the combine kind of was like when you start filtering through all of it, you're like, wait, there's only like two guys that are like over six foot and not 200 pounds or less and – had any sort of like relative production. So I think that might've been it, but Mingo stud, absolute stud. I was huge on Cornell Powell coming out of Clemson and I'm an idiot and I'm, I'm willing to miss on Mingo big time. <laughs> I don't think you will though. I think, I think yeah, he's going to end up I think being, he's, he's a stud. I'm patting my back. Hey. Jordan battle. Someone who got forgotten in this class. Um, yeah. Very much. So I like Derek Hall out of Auburn a ton. Think he would be cool for the Ravens. If he somehow falls into the eighties and, can set the edge, all that stuff. So 
here we go. I said it was a thin class, and now I'm just rattling off day three. <laughs> yeah, you've shoot. given like 47 names easily. <laughs> All guys I'm looking at for Baltimore. Uh, yeah, but see, now you can go back to this, and you know, when one of them turns out to be an All-Pro, you can clip it. Be like, yeah, yeah, just yeah, cherry pick it. Cherry pick it. You yeah. just tell me which one you want. I'll send it to you. They're going to draft a corner after I said they won't, and they'll trade for Hopkins after I, I said there was a 33% chance. So. 33% is a high percentage. 100% chance that DeAndre Hopkins is here. They're going to draft. I have Quentin. never been more. Oh, draft Josina Quentin Anderson Johnson. tweeting late night. Jesus Christ. She's tweeting right now? Yes. Oh, God, what'd she say? We got some live reaction here. Oh, yeah, hold on. It's, no, not, it's, not, it's not earth-shattering by any means, but she's just fucking stirring the pot. She is. Um, I hate her sometimes. But no, I mean, if if we get Quentin Johnston, that's going to be Oh, yeah, you hate Quentin Johnson. I don't like him at all. They were showing highlights earlier on NFL Network, and they were like, yeah, which receiver? They were doing Daniel Jeremiah's mock. And they were like, oh, which receiver is going to you know get picked? I forgot who they were mocking receivers to. I think it might have been Green Bay or something. And the one catch they showed him have, was inside the red zone. He's wide open and he catches it with his chest and his hands. And I'm like, good God, dude. But he's six, tall and fast. Use your he's hands. Tall and fast. The, so the I, name, I, that, the name that always sticks out to me about him is Marquez Valdez Scanling. And I think that's a good, he's a good player that has a role, but he's not like, you're not drafting that guy to be your guy. There are Twitter analysts who told us that um, they wanted to sign Alan Lazard because Marquez Valdez Scanling worked out in Kansas City. So, I don't know. Polar I mean, opposite players. They're both just that was a real, that was, no, that was a real tweet. Somebody said that because Marquez Valdez Scantling worked out in KC, we should sign Alan Lazard. That happens. I just so. opened this uh Josina Anderson tweet and I look at the replies and three of the first five replies are people I have muted. Uh, I the, I think mine <laughs> is there? we've we've got one, two, I've got six out of the first seven. <laughs> well then i guarantee you we we have some some overlap there then has definitely has to be one of them's mo. Don't use, one I of them's mo, the and that's that. actually two of yeah. them are mo hold on it might be all three <laughs> no it's, it's two out of the three are mo mine's actually three it's three people with seven tweets yeah so mine was two people with three tweets two were mo oh. mo is only on on mute temporarily mute is we, also we, stupid i i just if some if i if it's muted i just click view most of the time Oh, yeah. Well, the, the, you the, have to know what the, saying. The the main use for it is I don't get the notification when they reply to me. So and the, and it keeps it off your timeline. Yeah. Their their tweets. Right. Well. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. Mo, I mean, Mo, Mo knows Mo it's is... a it's a temporary mute for him. He's just was annoying the shit out of me in, in this pre draft. It's it it's going to go into the summer. I know it will. But until the Lamar Jackson situation sorted out, I need Mo to be muted. Mo is a dangerous internet person to get tied up with because he could just completely ruin your mental state. Yeah, he was bothering me so much. I had to unfollow oh, him. Was, his feelings were hurt. It was during he, Ramadan. He, definitely, too, has, he definitely has talent in what he does. Oh, and so Mo was the first Ravens fan that I met on Twitter. And just, I was like, I was like, this, this person intrigues me. Like, I have no fucking idea what's wrong. With him, but so the, the, the Drew Twitter origin story now makes so much yeah. sense that Mo is yeah. the one who molded him into this. <laughs> well, you know, fucking when I learned what I learned Mo is from Pakistan and the first couple of years of him tweeting was Google Translate. It made so many more things like make perfect sense about him. I was just like I was like Mo Mo is the best at what he does. When he was um I don't remember it was something with John Wall related when it was he was like an NBA Twitter kid. And I was just like, This is why none of your tweets make sense and they just fascinate me because they were just not, you know, Google Translate does not work very well. But yeah, Mo, Mo's come a long way now. Yeah. He has. 
Mo- mo- you can mostly understand his tweets now. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't say any off color things that you know don't translate well. So <laughs> I know what I've you're talking. About. I know I know what you're referring to. <laughs> yeah, I've molded him into a uh, functioning member of society. We don't say that word on. That's one word that we don't say on this this podcast. Nope, nope definitely not. Definitely not. There's a couple, that but that's one of them. Yeah, I think yeah. my my final take. We're on draft eve and now. I'm just combing through the the annals of Twitter, and I think my final like. I'm going to miss on Jalen Hyatt. I think I'm higher than pretty much most people on him. I'm with you. I'm with you. You know what? what gets and me every I know, time? I know I'm going to miss, gra- too. It's I know the graphic. I'm going to miss. It's the graphic from his game against Alabama. I'm like, I can't ignore this. This is, un- he, this is unbelievable. It's like fucking mad. I found, like, I have a tweet thread on it. I'll, I'll try and retweet it. But basically, like, there, there, were, there are certain metrics that Sports Info Solution does for receivers that, like, they have been screaming for five years, like, this shit is so consistent in the draft every single time. And it's like, they have a stat that's basically EPA, but because they have the GPS of all the other players, it considers the fuck ups of or successes of everyone else on the field. It's called point saved. He is like among in the last four draft classes, he is either first or second in like every single one of them. And it's like, he's either first or second with Jamar chase or Devonte Smith and every single really good receiver outside of like, I think uh, Amon Ra St. Brown and like two or three others over the last three years that have had like an actual impact in the NFL are in the top 10 or 15 of those, those exact metrics every single time. And the fact that it's now like, Oh, he ran a four, four flat, but he actually hit 24 miles per hour. It was like 24.6 miles per hour on his 40. And what he, he fucked Alabama. I'm pretty sure he fucked Alabama up three times. He just didn't get a ton of targets. He fucked them up with the five touchdowns this year. He had a touchdown against them last year, uh, I think before he broke his foot or whatever his injury was. And I think he had a touchdown as a freshman as well. Like he did things as freshman and sophomore year that no one talks about ever. It wasn't in high volume. I think he only like 20 catches last year, but he ran in breaking routes. He caught balls over the middle of the field. He showed, he beat press. Like he did things that people say he can't do, but there just was limited tape of it. And it's kind of the same thing with Mingo. It's like, well, if you look back over the last couple of years, he kind of does every single thing that you ask a receiver to do in ways. So I think I think I'm willing to. He's the next Devin Smith out of Ohio State. He's sucks. He's fast, and that's is going to be me me falling on the sword. I think he might go round one. I think he sneaks his way. Everyone's like it's Addison, it's Johnston, it's JSN and uh, Flowers. I think he sneaks in and beats one of them out and and gets drafted ahead of one of them and. I mean, yeah, I think that the the prime suspect to to drop is Johnston, and and I was seeing that like midway through mock, mock draft season, you I got, got killed. I got killed because 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 I made this trade. It was like I did, and really the whole purpose of my mock draft was it was like when it was dismal looking the Lamar Jackson situation. So I did this trade situation with the Rams where we got Matthew Stafford to be a bridge, and we got pick thirty six out of it, and um. I took and Johnston was there. People were like he'll never be there at 36. I'm like, I don't know. I think he could be there at 36. You got like, like 20 tweets about that too. Like it was a lot. Yeah. People, uh, were, just people were up my head. They were and I'm like, I was like, I don't know if you guys ever done a mock draft before. Like I didn't like dictate that he was there. He just was. And like if you were picking at 36 and he's there, you kind of gotta take him because he's like people were saying at one point he was gonna go top ten. So if if you need a receiver and you have a pick at 36 and a guy who was going to go top 10 is available. You fucking take the guy. So whatever. But I think he's the number one, uh, you know, he's, he's the prime suspect for uh, if a wide receiver slips into the second round, it's going to be him. 
And I could definitely see the Chiefs taking Mingo or Hyatt in the first round. That seems like Schrager had, I think I was going to say earlier, Schrager had Mingo as the Chiefs pick. And people were, Schrager likes to like do this thing where he comes sweeping in at the very end of the draft process and do a bunch of mocks. And then he like collects feedback and adjusts to what everyone wants it to be. And he had Mingo going the first round. So it's, I, yeah, I saw him at, I saw somewhere he's going top 50. I had somebody, somebody had Mingo at 29. I don't remember. I think Grant sent that to me. Um, it could have been Schrager, it could have been somebody else. I have no idea, but you know, I, I, I think, yeah, he's I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna, well, I think he's gonna end up being like Pickens last year, where people, people were talking about, I know we were talking about Pickens, you know, like as, as the At first 25. round wound down, like is Pickens gonna yeah. be the pick, right? And then you go through the 30s, he's, he's still there. So it's just, I think that, that Mingo sort of like mirrors well, Pickens. Beating up a hand, you know, Mingo hasn't beat up a handicapped kid in high school, so there's, right. uh, there's that. Did, did, didn't, assault, yeah. didn't, assault, didn't assault a photographer on the field in a game, in a in a conference uh, rivalry game and compromise I, I know something about one of the prospects. I'm not going to say it. I'll tell you guys in privacy, but I know something bad. I, Drew, I know you know something bad, yeah. too. Yeah, I told. I think I told you. You this. told me uh, a while ago. You know something. Yeah, it's it's not it's not great, but I still just knowing where it came from. Like those are a bunch of old guys who might have too much time on their hands. So I don't know how real it is. Um, okay. I kind of hope it comes out draft night because then he'll definitely fall, and then he he's uh, he's in our in our sights. In into the into the deep darkest darkness of this episode as we're we're rolling here, like football players are <laughs> yeah. just pieces of shit, man. Like, oh yeah, of course they're the worst but, fucking group of people. Well, I mean, they really are. They really are terrible. Hockey, hockey players are are just the the they're, shit that comes out of our hockey players. Is the same thing. I think it just ends up being professional athletes, probably. But yeah. the football players have a special type of fucked up about them of of what they do. It's it's really. I insane. mean, I could tell you stories about like John Lackey left his wife because she had cancer and it changed her. That was a direct quote from him. So, like, baseball players are just as bad. Having spent a lot of time with them, I'm like, oh, my God. It's like, you are all horrible people. When you're 23 with five mil in the bank, you're you're right. just going to get yeah. – you're just going to turn into a more of a dickhead than you ever possibly thought you could be. Yeah, you've been told your whole life you're the greatest thing ever, and oh, you have money The now. coaches are just... lucky they have you. They wouldn't have a job without you, hon. Yeah. That's, that's what mommy tells you, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is why Aaron Hernandez ended up killing people. Went from getting tackled by me in high school and hitting home runs off me in Little League to being a murderer. So that was because people told me he was the greatest thing ever. Was he really in a relationship with his quarterback in high school? That that uh, no, that kid part. was not his that kid was not his quarterback. Was the funniest part about that entire um, that oh kid was like God. that kid played like like twenty snaps that year. Oh my! Um, I mean, he was a, I think he was a quarterback, but he was not the starter. He may I, I I heard rumors about Aaron. I mean, I I partied with Aaron when I was in high school, so like I had met him before. Um, and he would fuck anything with a pulse. Like I can guarantee that. But I, I don't think he was much for relationships. Pardon me, I'm an idiot. My thread was on Jackson Smith and Jigba and how he is as elite as Jamar Chase and everyone in all those metrics. And the only other receiver in this class that showed up in the top ten of them was Hyatt. So it's really the J and JSN is the god. But I still like Hyatt, and I'm still willing to die on this. JSN is going to go way too early for it to be in play for us. I think. I, I think agree. I'm 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 pretty uh pretty confident that he is not anywhere near 22. I agree. Well, Kelly, speaking of the Chiefs too, don't sleep on uh, my man Josh Downs at 31 too. I thought you said don't. They could don't use sleep a functional slot. Training. They could use a functional slot. His route running is next level. So I, that that's something that they they kind of throw. I mean, I'm a big Tony guy too. So, um, but huge, you know, I'm kind a of, huge Tony guy. 
So they've been giving me shit for the longest time because of Tony. And actually, when you were talking, fucking shoes. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, earlier when uh, y'all were talking about, I think, well, you were talking about Ringo about the combine. So I mean, that's kind of the same thing that happened to Tony. You know, he was at the Senior Bowl. He's cooking people with these insane routes. I'm watching his releases. I'm watching the ways he's stemming, and then all of a sudden, he drops an open pass, and people are like, "Oh my God, don't draft him!" He dropped the pass. I'm like, "It's a drill at the Senior Bowl. Did you not watch the entire route?" Now, Grant, let's be clear. I never said that Tony was. I've never questioned his ability. I've I questioned his mental like stability. The guy <laughs> fucking has no eyebrows and showed up to, to practice off. with no shoes on. I and mean, he's a fucking credit, credit crazy to me. Person. I was about I was about fourteen Bud Lights deep on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, prior to them being you know frowned upon beer by society, and I texted Grant and apologized. So he did for my, he for did. my Kadarius Tony slander. And, and, and then my, my son and I well, sent him a picture flicking them off. I wanted yeah. I wanted us to trade for Tony when he, when he he was available. It's just I thought it was a ridiculous move to draft him. What it was like twenty overall or twenty one? I think it was nineteen. It was twentieth overall. Twentieth, yeah. right? Yeah, that was a crazy yep. pick. I mean, and he, 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 they could have got him in the forties probably. So you know, I just I thought it was fucking dumb. But and 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 you uh <laughs> you you were unwilling to to back off your your opinion of him. Well, and he's gonna get better. Uh, he, he's good, but he also needs to stay healthy too. And so remember him, so his and, actually, and he's somebody that I've compared like it's like with Zay Flowers. Like when Zay Flowers gets the ball and he's in space, he's one of the hardest people to touch. Like he would cook people in in a phone booth, and that's kind of the way Tony is too. He's a guy that you want to get the ball to him quick. He can Zay can beat you over the top more than Tony can, but you want to get the ball to him quick and just watch him work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but Zay Flowers is not a crazy person, so that's the difference. No, he's saying. Yeah. No, he's sane. <laughs> All right, Grant. Uh, hey, hey and, Jake, you got you, have, you, gotta, you have it. You got to take that, care of this. That, yes, let, let's handle it. That's going to do it for this episode. You shout out to Spencer for coming and hopping in on us and shoot, hopping in with us and shooting the shit. We'll be back next week or some other time sooner to discuss this, that, and the other. But meanwhile, <laughs> it's time for me to die. Ah! See ya! Don't, don't, 32, 32.